Hello, human. Hope you're having a fine day. If you're not, hope this makes it a little bit better or a little bit more educational, etc., etc. Today, the podcast is a little bit different than all my previous ones in the sense that um, the it's a bit more focused in terms of the topic uh, because my guest today uh, is a guy called Alex and he's the founder of a company called Unheard and I'll, I'll read straight from the website uh, about what they do. But Unheard is your one-stop music marketing shop from industry-leading marketing reports through PR, playlisting and content creation. We help, we help local artists become global stars. So basically, they are a marketing agency for independent artists, you know. Um, they take sort of data uh, and analytics and help independent artists grow. Uh, you know, they help them get into playlists, Spotify, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We get into it all. But, you know, if you're an independent music artist, hopefully this will be quite helpful. He's very knowledgeable. He's got lots of good um, advice for you uh, artists out there. Uh, but anyway, he's just a good guy. You know, we met we met some time ago on this job uh, where we filmed a, f uh, a few music artists sort of collaborate in Scotland. And yeah, we just managed to reconnect. And here we are. So yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this one. Um, a bit shorter as well. So hopefully you managed to watch it all. And that's it. Let's jump straight into it. All right, you ready? Yeah, ready. Welcome, Alex. How you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. It's um, a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Really nice to come south. Uh, north, sorry. North, yeah, very far up north. You, did you actually come from Lewisham today? Yeah. So I yeah. came from Lewisham. I I love I love the north. I miss the north a lot. I, I was I grew up in well I didn't grow up but the first time I moved to London was in Hackney, and Stoke Newington, and I loved it up north. Yeah. But and then I think when I, I'm over thirty now. So when oh, I, really? Yeah, so when I hit 30, I wanted a bit more space. And uh, and in order to get space, you can't, it's, struggling. it's a struggle to live in Hackney mm. and want space. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. move south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good Good for you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, um, are you from London originally? No, so I'm from Manchester. Yeah. So I, um, I was actually born in Oxford. Um, and then in the year 2000, so when I was about 10, I moved to Manchester or the Northwest. Mm. Um, and and that was kind of I always say I'm from Manchester because I feel like they were my forming years, you know I loved it in the north and I really connected with people I think mm. a little bit better than I connected with people in Oxford. Mm. That's not to say there aren't amazing people from Oxford. But, yeah, yeah, but no, um, yeah, it's different, different lifestyle, different. different. There's a different energy in people. It is a different energy, yeah. And um and I loved it in the northwest. It was amazing. It made lots of good friends. I like played lots of sport. Uh, and then I went to uni in Liverpool. Um, which again was amazing, a brilliant city for any student, you know, any students listening, I'd recommend Liverpool. Um, Liverpool's sick, man. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, been a couple of times and every time I've been, it's just like, wow, this city is actually so nice. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It has a bad rep, like I, I think anyway, like before I went there, people weren't so sure about, about me going. Yeah, yeah. It has a bad rep, but it was amazing. There's Lippers there, you know, Institute of Performing Arts three or four different universities mm. so if you want a city that is highly populated mm. with people like you it's great yeah, yeah, yeah um and then i moved back to manchester lived there for a few years and then i had to try london mm. uh, now you're try. here like yeah. however many years later yeah i think i moved in 2016 nice so i've been here for yeah five years ish yeah, yeah, yeah. five six years and have you always been sort of 
in the music sphere or I haven't I, I've always loved music yeah I think everyone probably says that then yeah, yeah. um, I've always been passionate and I always I DJ'd a little bit I had a new mark mix track pro 2 which was like a little console which I played around with for a few years and um set up a little DJ duo as well so me and my friend DJ together we put out mixes we've we, we did quite well, actually. We performed at a few good venues. We performed at Cream uh, in Liverpool, which was nice. amazing. Uh, we performed at some events in Birmingham, too. Um, so I always had a passion for it, but I didn't know how to get into the industry, hmm. Like I, I think, as a full-time job. Um, but I managed to kind of... I, I came down here and worked for a company like Car, called Carwow, and that was like a tech startup. And, um, That's massive now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard of Carwow. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, and that was like my first foray into understanding what working in a startup could be like um, and a tech startup in particular. And I was an analyst there, so taking data and using it to make better marketing decisions for the company. And what I, what I realized was that actually that's quite a valuable skill set in music too. You know, artists collect so many data points without realizing, you know, if you get 100,000 streams or 10,000 streams or even 1,000 streams, mm. that's a, quite a lot of data. Um so that was when I thought, actually, I could probably help artists analyze their data, run smart marketing campaigns, you know, just help them out mm. a little bit. So that was when I first thought, actually, I could work in music. And then I um, applied for a job at Universal Music uh, and got it, mm. which was amazing. Nice. Yeah. And are you still at Universal Music or that was? That was at the start. So that was in, uh, that was probably in 2017. Right. Um, so I moved down here in 2016, worked for Carwell for a year. Then applied at Universal Music, uh, got myself a job at Universal. And I was there for actually just under a year, mm. which isn't a long time. Yeah. And um, the reason for that is um, I always wanted to work in music. I thought Universal was my dream. And then the big dogs, the big dogs, it's the big dogs, right? Um, but when I got there, it was very different to what I expected mm. in the sense that you're working with the biggest artists in the world. You know, I worked on projects for like Rich the Kid and Katy Perry and Lady Gaga, which is amazing. Mm. But equally, you're one of like 25, 30 people working on that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I wanted to have an impact, you know, and I'd come from Carwell where you could have an impact because it was a new company, like very iterative and nimble. So I found that frustrating, you know, and, and I'd never slate Universal at all because it gave me a lot of opportunities mm. and allowed me to do what I'm doing now. Um, but equally, you know, after seven months, eight months, I think it's time for me to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. Is I that when you, is that where you came up with the idea for Unheard? Then? Yeah, to be honest with you, I was formulating that whilst I was at Universal. Yeah. I understood there was a, an appetite from independent artists to market their music. Mm. There are more independent artists now than ever. You know, the number of independent artists has been growing 30% year on year for the last three years. Mm. Um, independent art, artists make up around a third of all streaming revenue. So it's big, like it's big numbers. Mm. And so I knew that marketplace was buoyant. And actually, whilst I was at Universal, I reached out to a few artists that we've actually worked with together on. Um, Joel yeah, um, yeah. was one of the first guys I started working with, actually. Um, and Billy, too. Mm. Um, and just helping them, really. Just guiding them and, and offering advice where I can, helping them promote. Mm. And that was whilst I was at Universal. And then I left Universal to go full-time with Unheard and really give it a go. Nice. I did a bit of work for a company called Kiki in between, um, which was a new uh, on-demand streaming platform. The goal for Kiki was to create the Netflix of audio, so highly curated, 
long form audio podcasts like this, yeah, radio yeah. shows, mixes, yeah, yeah, which was fun. Um, and then Unheard started to pick up, and I was like, okay, I've got to go for it. Nice. Yeah. But then I guess just a bit of like, just a bit of context, like what is Unheard? Yeah. So Unheard started as a data led music marketing service for artists. So an artist would come to us, we would look through their data on Spotify and Instagram and uh, YouTube, TikTok. And find out which metrics under index, right? So have they got lots of listeners, but not enough Spotify followers? Have they got really low engagement on social media? Because what tends to happen, unfortunately, for artists, independent artists in particular, is they have a limited budget, call it £500. And if you spread that too thinly across your campaign, it doesn't do anything. So really what you should do is focus it on specific things, each single, for example. So I would look through an artist's data and advise them where to spend that money. So press campaign, playlisting campaign, social media ads, whatever. Um, and then we would run the campaign for the artist. So we pitched to magazines, playlists, uh, run social media ads. And that was how we started. And that's how we grew. And we had some early success, um, which was amazing. So artists like St. John, we worked on uh, really early on. Fraser T. Smith and his label, 70 Hertz, we've done some work with. We've now worked with like Heady One. Mm. Um pendulum knife party so it's been a good growth curve but and i mentioned this just before we we started the pod is that what i wanted to do was have an impact on all the artists all the independent artists in the world which sounds crazy doesn't it but um when i looked at the solutions out there for independent artists and in particular solutions that use data to help artists mm. there really weren't many um if any actually that were robust so we wanted to devise a solution where you know, and the premise is, wouldn't it be amazing if you're an independent artist, you release your track, you get your phone out, you press a few buttons and you're running smart social media ads and you're pitching to the right playlist and getting into the right magazines. Mm. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? So that's what we wanted to create. So we raised a pre-seed round. So we raised some capital at the start of last year. Yeah, start of last year. Um, and then we built last year. So we built our app. Um, which is now live on the App Store. Nice. So, little cheeky plug there. <laughs> um, still loads of work to do, you know, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not fully ready. Um, and now we're fundraising again because we've got loads of more things we want to do for the platform. You know, really we want to create a marketplace and an ecosystem mm. where artists can live, you know, and that includes things like creating virtual worlds for your audience to engage with and um, being able to pitch to So Far Sounds, for example, through the app. So that's the goal for the next year or so is to build that out a little bit and push it yeah nice yeah. nice what do you think um what do you think is like the biggest like um i guess like mistake or like misconception that um we see happen within like up-and-coming artists oh, such a good question i think the thing that's overlooked is consistency mm. and quality because you know and um, again we touched upon this like if we think about content for artists um, there's so much of the same content out there, mm. right? And what you want to do with your content is stop people. Stop people from scrolling down their feed. Stop people from skipping to the next video on YouTube. You mm. want to stop them and grab their attention. And I don't think there's enough of that, like thinking outside the box is like, and again, we touched on Sam Wise's video that, <laughs> that you did is like, that stops you immediately and you watch the full thing and you engage with it. Um, and that's great content. Mm. And so I would urge artists to like, really think about their content what's going to cut through and also consistency because we work on so many tracks and they'll release it and then they won't release anything for three months or six months yeah, yeah yeah and what we do is we do lots of work you get lots of promotion you get some awareness and then you drop off and really we have to start again on the next single so actually i'll be saying to artists is like 
if it's not a single you're putting out within a month, put something out, like put some new content out, put a little video out, put mm. a live acoustic out, like get some press, uh, perform live, like always be on, mm-hmm. like always be switched on. Because remember you're competing with now like 80,000 tracks a day are going out on Spotify. Is that what it is? 80,000 tracks a day? Yeah. That is mental. It's mental. So th- think about that. It's like if you're an artist and that's what you've got to compete with, 80,000 people a day, you know, and some of these artists have £10,000 to invest in their single. Mm. Like if you don't have that budget, which a lot of artists don't, you've got to be creative. And I think there are amazing examples of artists that have been creative and created a buzz without a big budget. Like Clobocop, for example, you know, a few years ago created an amazing buzz really without any budget mm. um like and there's lots of examples of that i think yeah nice man yeah i mean the consistency thing makes a lot of sense because like just like purely on, on the uh side of just like people just trying to remember you you know what i mean like yeah. because like you said there's so much content out there that if you just drop off like a month or two people just forget you know what yeah. i mean and you have to like you have to just like buzzing into people's minds like all the time and you have to just like stay on top of it um and i guess that goes with like any type of like any type of popularity contest like let it be musical entertainment or whatever but if you're in that sort of business where you have to sell you know you just have to like (laughs) be so consistent with it yeah because also you're competing against like you mentioned there influencers movies you're really competing for people's attention as opposed to just on streaming platforms across all platforms right yeah yeah of course yeah yeah so it's not just the eighty thousand tracks a day <laughs> and it's the like ten thousand influencers and like however many like yeah, that's a good point it's all about attention isn't it yeah. and that's like uh from uh, from all the like podcasts and other stuff that i've listened to they sort of um um the way people describe attention is like a currency now you know it's just like the like the most valuable currency you have is just like attention yeah because you know ad revenue and whatever and whatever that's how like people really make their money totally i mean that's why facebook instagram and tiktok are free right yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah. because they're not interested in you paying a yeah, subscription they're interested in, we're the product yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah they're yeah, interested yeah. in eyeballs yeah yeah um which again is something we want to try and change with the app is that artists are reliant on other platforms like they're reliant on facebook instagram spotify mm. and really they don't have any control over if their content's going to be seen really mm. um and so there's a big shift at the moment in artists creating their own economies you know and creating more routes direct to their fans whether that be through email lists like whatsapp groups text messaging virtual worlds mm. like nfts blah 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 and so um that shift along with what we're doing, I really hope to start to empower artists again, mm. you know, and take that ownership back. Nice, man. What do you think is like, what's like, uh, obviously through like your view on analytics and like statistics, like what's the like one thing that you see most impact that like artists can do just like that's, that doesn't cost too much money or that's easily accessible to most people. Like what's the one thing that always comes off as like a uh on the on the finishing on the finishing side of things it always like yeah this this was definitely a good move yeah good question it's really hard to answer because it differs depending on the artist mm. you know so for example if you're a brand new artist you need to get the algorithms going on spotify so you need to be running ads to direct traffic to spotify you need to be doing a bit of playlisting you know, do it yourself, playlisting, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say pay a big agency to do it initially, like 
just find some playlists that you love and try and get their contact details. So how does that work? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, just, just with like playlists, how, how do people like get on playlists? Yeah. So at the moment, there are a few ways. So always pitch through Spotify for artists. That'll be your opportunity to get onto some big editorials. It's unlikely, to be honest with you, because everyone does it. Um, the other way is to use an, a tool. There are some tools out there. Um, I don't know if I can say names on here. Maybe I'll say the names on here, yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe I'll say it rhymes with Mutt Mip. Mit Hub, okay. For example, um, <laughs> or Tut Mit Hub, yeah. Um, there are tools like that out yeah. there that yeah, people yeah. can use to pitch to independent playlists, and we've developed our own tool as well. Yeah, um, nice. Which which will bring you the right playlists. So we've got some algorithms that identify the perfect independent playlist mm. for you, and you can then pitch to those through our app. Um, but if you didn't want to spend anything, it would be a bit of hard graft. It'd be kind of going onto Spotify, finding playlists that your mates are in on Spotify or whatever it might be, mm. finding their contact details through going on social media and just sending them an email. Saying yeah. Like, this is my music. I think it's a good fit for your playlist. Mm. Will you place it for me? Yeah. Cause, cause not, I mean, a lot, a lot of the big playlists are, um, I guess they're governed by Spotify and by a big, um, but there are some independent playlists that, you know, like you, you like unheard has a playlist and like, uh, I've seen other playlists where it's just like, some some kid made it and then like he's just got like hundred thousand followers or whatever. Yeah. Um there's some really powerful independent playlists. Actually some of the independently curated playlists are more powerful than the Spotify ones. You know, so there are some opportunities out there definitely. But and then just going back to your question around what I think is the most important thing, I mentioned things like consistency and content. But I think something that's free that everyone can do and if you want a, a template, email me, you know, and I'll send you a template, but it's to create a 12 month strategy, you know, like build out a consistent strategy that you stick to for 12 months because strategy is free and actually with a good strategy, you know, releasing at the optimal time mm. each, each month or quarter, dropping videos, like creating cool content, collaborating. If you have a good plan and strategy, it's free. And it can make a big difference, mm. you know. So I'm really not about encouraging artists to spend lots of money because um, I don't think you need to all the time. You know, I think you should spend in the right places and then you can spend less um, and keep more for yourself. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what you want, really. No, that's yeah. 100% what you want. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, that, make, that makes total sense as well because, um, yeah, just making a plan because... Um, surprisingly surprising well it's not even surprising because it's not it's not like an obvious move but not enough people do it um it's something that i've got to do a bit of a, a bit of as well but <laughs> honestly but yeah with artists and especially it's like it's very you know one of the one of the like i guess good things that comes from artists and you know, they're very like instinctive and like mm -hmm. you know, they sort of do work when they feel like doing but then obviously that has a time limit and a, a bit of a you can't just be doing things when you feel like it, you know? Yeah. And then like a strategy like that definitely helps everything else work out smoothly and keeps you on track of like, okay, this is the goal for this year. Definitely, definitely. And you're right, it's really hard with artists, right? It's because they want to be totally creative and have that freedom and work at midnight till 2 a.m. and just drop the track in the morning. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is absolutely fine. But what I'm, what I'm saying to artists is have a structure. And if you want to then throw in some ad hoc things because you felt creative one night, amazing, like yeah, do yeah. that. Um, and I think if you are to work away from a strategy, so if you just want to do everything like 
on a whim ad hoc blah 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 is you're still you still might grow because your content's amazing yeah but there'll be a limit to where you can get to you know and there are some artists that i absolutely love and that the industry loves that are unsigned and should be doing much better i won't say the name but um <laughs> if they had a strategy they would be much bigger than mm. they are now you know so yeah yeah i mean I see a straight away sort of. Um, I'm get, did you watch the Genius documentary? Yeah. Oh man, it's <laughs> so good, so good. Loved it. The first like the first episode, especially, I love just like seeing Kanye just like before like or before the madness before he was, uh, and seeing his mentality, which was basically the same always. Yeah. It's his, it's never changed, and with him, that strategy was perhaps a bit more. Um, all or nothing that was his strategy you know what i mean but it, it you know he, he's got this thing where it's like you know five beats for three summers or whatever mm. you know what i mean and like being consistent with it and i'm sure he worked many times when he didn't want to work yeah um but yeah oh man so did, what, what was what was like your favorite bit from that doc do you know what i took took from it is um i took some good things from that work ethic you know i think like look at how much he's working Oh, it is insane. Yeah, constant. Unreal. Yeah, constant. Like, unreal. And I think like, that's why, you know, he's obviously a creative genius, an incredibly talented guy. Um, but like, he wouldn't have got there without that work ethic. No, no way. Yeah. You know, and I, I think, and resilience too. It's like, how many no's did he get? Oh man. When he go <laughs> when he goes into like, like Rotten Asia and then he like plays like, all falls down yeah. oh, oh and like no one cares no it's one amazing. cares yeah, yeah everyone's like i'm oh, like what are you having for dinner and like they're just like chatting shit and he's like just unreal <laughs> and his like his enthusiasm and his like passion mm. um and his resilience like he got so many no's which inspires me because we're you know we're raising some funds at the moment and we get so many no's mm. and we got so many no's when we raised money the first time but it equally is like you're gonna get that you're going to get knockbacks and it's how you recover from that, which mm. makes or breaks you, I think. So I, I took those two things from it is like his work ethic, which is inspiring and his resilience just mm. to like keep going, keep going, yeah, keep definitely. going. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the bits with his mum. Like, just... Oh yeah, with Donda, yeah. Yeah, so emotional. So emo yeah. And like the relationship, he like changes when he's with her. Like he like slows down almost and listens. And, you know, I wonder if that's a catalyst to what's happened over the last few years is yeah. he hasn't had that that place where he can go to be like yeah yeah, calm. yeah, yeah. I don't that know. was definitely she was definitely like his mediator yeah you know, like, uh, therapist and stuff because yeah it's a shame shame kind of like because it's him in like the third episode oh. where it just all gets a bit dark and like a bit yeah like you can see how his mind is just uh, was completely flipped on like he just yeah lost a bit of sense of like perspective you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah still creative genius always always yeah. but just like morals and like how he goes about things was just <laughs> it became very odd it did become uh, odd uh, I mean, yeah. that's a good way to describe it but uh, but it's always for me as well it's like a cry for help a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. and that's what um kudi says as well a bit isn't he like when yeah <sighs> yeah i mean like kind of kind of just a league of his own like just doing yeah whatever and i then, mean and his go on. No, no, nothing. Yeah, his creation spans so so wide. Um, you know, it isn't just like the music. 
it's like sustainable housing it's like religion it's clothing it's footwear it's that i think that's what's really amazing about it is mm. that he truly is like this creative entity mm. more than anything yeah yeah everything I, about it yeah i do what i do wish that you know we could go and help him <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah part of me you know we talked about people being something that's important to both of us and like talking to people and that inspires me a lot is like helping people mm. um it's like it's like a cry i really want to go out there and just yeah. like talk to him almost yeah, <laughs> not yeah. that he would ever talk to me yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. would need that but, but <laughs> that's, no I, I, I get what I get what that's coming from um it's jumping back back into uk uk oh, yes. culture yeah yeah Love it. um how like what's the like what change like would you like to see in like the uk scene because the uk scene um and london and whatever and not just london but all, all around mm. It feels like it's always playing catch up to the US a bit. Yeah. Um, um, for a good or a bad thing, but what do you think? I want it to travel better. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I really do. I think if you look at the top cities in the streaming markets for all UK artists, um, or sorry, top countries, is is so heavily UK. Maybe France, Germany, maybe Australia is mm. quite prevalent too. US might be in there. <clears throat> but and then if you look at other artists, it's like they have this truly global fan base where if you're a US artist, you have like South America in there, you have Asia in there. Yes, you have Europe, you have US. Mm. And like I, you I don't know why UK music doesn't travel, like whether it's the lyrics or the speed at which rap's delivered, like I'm not sure. The accent. The accent yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I thought Americans love the British accent, so yeah, I thought they yeah. might pick onto that. But yeah. It doesn't travel well, basically, to, especially to the South Americas and, and Asia's. And I would love to see it travel, mm. better, especially if we're talking here about like UK hip hop, UK rap, yeah, yeah, which is I think like where my interest sits anyway, more so than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I love all all music, yeah, but, but hip hop and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd love to see it travel more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I definitely hear, hear that a lot because um, it's the. There's a certain type of comfort that comes from just like you know, like local, mm. like you, know, you can just you know go to the any any venue in London and you know it's gonna sell out and whatever. Yeah. But you know, like when you travel to like when you do like a tour, like European tour and stuff, like I think the connection you can make with people is like because mm. I, I went I went and tour with Sam actually, mm. but that was it was a UK tour. Okay. But you know we went uh, all the all the big cities, but I went to Scotland as well and Glasgow. I went to Glasgow and it was like. There was like 80 people, you know what mm. I mean? Like not like just like 80 people in the audience, but like the connection that you make yeah. when there's like a small crowd and yeah. like an artist just like giving it his absolute all yeah. and just like loves it. Yeah. And then that can have so, so much more of an impact than, I don't know, than just obviously people listening online, having that like, yeah. like a real, you know, like aesthetic experience where you just in this crowd with just a few of you and like you're absolutely fucking loving life yeah. and but that that traveling you know like throughout europe you know then it you know like <clears throat> in this day, day and age of like social media and stuff where it's like people put a lot of um emphasis on like how much social media can can do for them mm. i think sometimes like for me personally, like I, I used to spell a lot of social um, emphasis on social media, but I realized actually most of my work is coming from like word of mouth. Mm. People like obviously care about social media, but if they, it's so much more encouraging. Like if, if, if like a mate tells me, oh, you should listen to this artist. Like I just went to a show. 
like i'll definitely listen you know because yeah. my mate told me yeah um i think that can just have so much so much like such a big impact on artists is like massively yeah yeah, yeah. like um actually before i go into that what um what was it like in the other cities for sam's tour because i also if you look at the cities for the uk artists like sam yeah, yeah. You, know, you might get like london birmingham nottingham like manchester maybe leeds but and then everywhere else like was it quiet or yeah, was it... so Glasgow was quiet. Um Manchester was good. Manchester's always been good because they've yeah. been like they've been quite big there. Um it was like it was pretty good. Like um Leeds was a little no, Leeds was yeah, I don't know. Like I mean Sam's a good performer, which yeah. makes a big difference. Like yeah. he's really good on stage and they can really get a crowd going and and you know, the thing with him was like they put a lot of effort into the into the tour. Like okay. it wasn't just him going. You know, like they'd had him, they'd had uh, a few of the other guys from House Ferris, Bandana, Kevin, yeah. that were just with him all the time. Nice. So they all have like opening acts and they had, uh, do you know Masterpiece? Yeah. So Masterpiece was like on tour, but he's on separate. So he would like do the opening act. Okay. Um, so it was like a whole show, you know what I mean? So I feel like the people really appreciated it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like go around and play and then like, that's it. It was like a whole thing. Um, I love that. So even, even if it was like, 80 people or it feels like I mean in London was sick yeah. like the show in London they done he done really well um, you know sold out uh, electric so and it was like yeah it was sick that's mad yeah 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 he's so, he's great and to your point around like connecting with people live and stuff is that um, it helps us as an agency as well or as a business if we can see the performer live because we buy in more and then the results are actually better like, which is such a weird thing to say, isn't it? Because we're working in the digital space. Yeah. But if we go and see an artist live and we really like them, the results of the campaign will categorically be better because we put a little bit more effort in subliminally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've seen that. Like, you know, there's some bands we work with who we've been to see live and we're like, whoa, they're amazing. Like Danko, shout out to Danko. Um, amazing live. Like, And we really connected. Yeah. And now the results, you know, have been better. Makes sense. It makes sense, and it, 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 you know when you see that passion within people, it makes yeah. you more passionate about it. Yeah, and it's the same with like when I make music videos. Yeah, you know when I when I work with someone that's like well passionate about it, it's like, oh maybe we should do this. Like sometimes it's sometimes it's a bit too much. Yeah, when people are like throwing out a million ideas. Yeah, but then at the same time it's passionate, and you 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 know you want um, not only do you want the music video to be good, but you want you just want them to do good. Yeah, as well. So yeah. I can see how that translates with like all sides of the industry yeah definitely and like even you know even sam sam wise is like some of the tracks he's made like loophole and stuff which, which should travel like should travel really well i think like tracks like loophole yeah 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 um, i don't know if it has i'll have to check yeah i mean they they did do a a tour house of ferris like they went to germany and stuff doing like a couple of things so they're trying they like i think they are quite um they're in a good position because yeah. it's a close family they're all like mates from like primary school mm. or like a little bit later wherever so they you know the the manager uh Gilo, i don't know if you know him glow yeah he's like he's just you know like keeping him keeping him in check every and like they they all strive for quite a lot and uh, obviously, Sam and Blaze are in the sort of uh, yeah. in, the, in the limelight. Yeah. Um, but they're in a good position. Yeah. yeah, I think they're in a good position. And Sam, Sam specifically, I really like him, and I've known him for a few years now. Uh, 
because he like I don't know like I, I get such a good vibe off him and yeah. he really has his head screwed on on yeah. a lot of things um, and it's good to see him not just like um, not just being completely influenced by like the UK like bravado but yeah. like just going off and just doing what he thinks he should do yeah he's got his own lane hasn't he yeah yeah definitely definitely i love that uh you know talking about artists traveling as i suppose central sea he shut down amsterdam last week i think it was when he had a little pop-up and so like it definitely can can happen and mm. does happen in like small pockets yeah, yeah yeah um but i'd love to see it more that's, yeah that's and I, I feel like hip-hop in 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 the uk or london is is split into like yeah, like the drill or like whatever's the new thing, which right now, you know, it it was drill. I guess now it's still drill, but it's kind of like a bit more of a pop drill type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then you have like artists like Sam and House Ferris and then like, like I don't know, like Nux or Koji, where, where they're, they're sort of like, it's the same genre, but they're very split up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the drill, drill, drill thing sells so much. And yeah. so like people put a music video, it has like a million views in like three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, there's not as much, I don't know, there's not as much, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's kind of like the hip hop version of pop, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's where it, it fucking sells like crazy and there's so many people listen to it, but there's not, there doesn't, doesn't tend to be as much, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to offend like uh, drill rappers or the drill <laughs> industry, but like it doesn't seem to be as much soulful as much, as much mm -hmm. thought gets put into as for example, something I like what Sam does or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But, but also at the end of the day, it's like the market decides. You know what I mean? So I it's not. It. I think that's it, isn't it? It's like, and also I think the TikTok generation. You know, like I see a lot of drill samples getting used on TikTok, or a lot of samples. Of, oh yeah, because what's TikToks. her name? Um, the one that blew up from TikTok. Uh, UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, rapper. Yeah, uh, sort of rapid. So use drill, drill. Oh, Pink Panthers. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Pink Panthers. Yeah. So good. Yeah, um, sick. But like, but yeah, I think that definitely helps. But it is, you know, like even people like like Koji, like Koji Radical. Like I love him. I think he's amazing. Yeah, Koji's like, sick. It's yeah. like lyricism. Yeah. Drawn water, by the way. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah. His like lyricism is amazing. He's like got the swag. Blah blah blah. He's got it all. Uh, sparkling would be great actually thank you um, but for whatever reason like his, he doesn't get the big numbers and I know he says all the time in his tracks like he doesn't care he doesn't think he's underrated blah 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 which is fine and he's obviously making a good living from mm. it but equally it's like more people should be hearing that work in my opinion there's more people not just in the UK but globally you know like he should have a fan base in South America he should have a fan base in yeah. US like France whatever and and maybe the reason he doesn't is because it is too like poetic or you know it isn't just a heavy drill beat yeah yeah you know with some basic bars over it yeah I don't know yeah it's always, it's always hard to like yeah it's hard to like because Koji's been around for a while as well yeah you know what I mean Koji's been making music for a while and he he had some stuff back in the day that was really good and. Yeah, he skipped. He skipped making. He has grown. Definitely has yeah. grown. Yeah. Um, but with these sort of, I don't know, these sort of things, it, it does some. It does seem like there's a cap on it. There's a limit yeah. or how far um, it can travel. And I don't know why that is. I don't. I don't know why. 
how how the industry just works like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't know either. And I did. I was reading. This was a couple of years ago now about why UK artists weren't travelling or UK rap artists weren't travelling well outside yeah. of the UK. And it was around like the cadence at which they were rapping. Like it wasn't that relatable for different cultures. They couldn't really get to grasp with like the lyrics and the stories. But for me, that's like very top line. I think there's more to it than that. And whether it's that, like artists like Koji, for example, they don't have that pop element to them. And equally, they probably don't care about creating that pop element because they know what they create and they have their own lane, Mm. you know, like Sam. So the label maybe isn't going to push them as hard as someone who's willing to create a track which is going to relate to more people or feature on a dance remix or whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, which I think maybe does inhibit certain artists. Yeah, and also, you know, like look at Tion Wayne. He has probably travelled globally now after like the success he's had over the last few years um, through TikTok and those sorts of tracks. So like I said, you know, artists definitely do travel, but not enough. Not enough, yeah, yeah. Not enough. What do you see like from from the artists that you've worked with or you've just looked at in terms of research that have made it and you know, have done really well for themselves. What do you see sort of like a, is there like a repeat, um, any repeat qualities in them or in anything that you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Really good question. T- to me, it often comes back to, you need you need to be gifted. Like I think you do need to be born with something, like a creative element within you. I think that's really important. I think a lot of people write and rap because it's culturally relevant and interesting and like maybe kind of cool and they've got a bit of a flow to them so they can do it but i think you can always tell between those people let's not call them the clout chasers but in that um and then the people that are, are really creative so i think you need that element within you you know and and someone that i always go back to when i talk about like having the ability and flow but hasn't broken yet and hopefully does is like Mugen who's like really small you know hasn't released loads of tracks but equally like his tone his cadence the way he writes Mugen I, I think I know Mugen yeah M-U-G-U-N um, I always come back to him because he. I think he is really creative you know I think he's creative down to his core and he just hasn't had the opportunity yet um, like his SoundCloud is amazing when I listen this to guy. Yeah. Yeah, Mugen. Like when I listen to his SoundCloud, I'm like, wow, there's some serious tracks on there. Yeah, like, yeah. Um so I think you need that. And then I think you need the work ethic. And that is combination. Yeah. Just the And the when I say work ethic, it's not like, yeah, I do thirty seven and a half hours a week. Like it, <laughs> it's like <laughs> which is what people do in nine to five. It's some like serious grafting and it's like pushing yourself. Because if you can't push yourself, no one else is going to push you. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I've I've learned that from running unheard is like no one else is going to push me to send emails at ten o'clock at night or like try and get some partnerships in place with different companies. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've got to do that, and then other people can you know join in and we can make it work together. So I think, um, to be honest, those two things are where it needs to get to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think to that? To, to to that to that answer, like, do you think that also relates to like your, the way you work in terms of like videographers that you see popping up and coming and going, or uh, I don't know, like film producers. Yeah, like work ethic is very important um, for uh, for the 
production side of things can be a bit different because you it's not necessarily about gifted and whatever you can be but like with if i speak on directors specifically mm. um you can there is the same concept within music where you know we call people like the sell out and whatever they become like pop stars it can be the same thing with directors as well okay because like you know sometimes you see people that just like make music videos that they know it's it becomes it becomes more business than creative you know what i mean I like it and and it's all about winning treatments yeah with directors it's all about winning treatments so if you know how to persuade a client uh with a good treatment and you make the try uh, the client feel super confident that you're gonna do it they'll most likely pick you over a better more creative treatment because like when me and ella were signed to Lutey media like we used to like you know like do treatments and stuff and like like really creative ideas but the thing is because Mm, perhaps we didn't have the portfolio to like show that we can do those things or um, we didn't have the language to like express to clients that you know how how this is how we go about things and you know you can be confident in us that you can oh, we'll produce this within budget and blah 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 so I guess we have enough practice of that mm. you can sort of learn that okay maybe I can sort of sell out a bit and like write treatments that I don't necessarily 100% want to do mm. or I don't want to go about it the way I'm going to write this treatment. Mm. But you know you're going to have a bigger chance of winning because there's just a certain way you have to speak to clients and and people that are not necessarily in that creative yeah. sphere. And it's all, all, all it is about them is just to like, okay, it's very important to have a good video, video, of course, but it's even more important that it actually gets done and like within budget and like, you know, all the logistics have to be right first and then everything else kind of becomes like secondary, uh, which I sort of just like learned, you know, throughout doing it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, hard work just goes, goes for anything really. But yeah, some people are more gifted than others for sure. Yeah. Uh, and again, with with directing in specific it's it's yes it's basically people's skills yeah yeah so true yeah and i mean if anyone is looking for a music video or a movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm the guy apparently <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but yeah i i i totally agree i think those are the the key things it's interesting to hear from your perspective too because i think also within like, creating a music video for example if you have created a video for you know, like Drake, Koji, like whoever it is, then they probably don't even need to see a treatment. Yeah. They'll probably just go, oh, you create music videos for Drake and St. John, do you? Okay, cool. Sweet. Come and create one for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Quite often that's the case, yeah. Is it? People, yeah, people just win treatments because of like who they've done um, a video for. Um, yeah. And it makes sense, you know, because <laughs> uh, I guess there's like, for you to win that Drake video, you need to have done something good enough. Yeah. So I guess like it makes sense why people people would like uh, it, it's 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 like it's like having a degree. You know what I mean? It's a, it's just like a certification where it's like okay, you've done you've you've done a video for this person. So mm. it does it does one hundred percent make sense. Yeah. Um, 
but for like you know like up and coming directors yeah it can be very frustrating yeah. um where you just like write treatments and treatments and treatments and you just don't get accepted so um yeah interesting something else that's important just spring to mind i think anyway is your network <clears throat> is like spend time building your network and that can be your network in terms of you know if you're an artist if we just talk about artists it can be in terms of producers like managers playlisters like label execs like oh i would definitely spend time building a network because that's what i did <clears throat> for the last like three years i'm literally a linkedin whore you know i just connect on LinkedIn. yeah i love linkedin it's like you know, my girlfriend will hate me for saying this, but it is my favourite social media platform. She takes the piss out of me for saying that, it. That's hilarious. Is that what um, happens after you're 30? <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. You switch from like Instagram yeah, and TikTok yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to LinkedIn. Um, but it's helped me so much. It's like, you know, I have lots of connections now that I can call upon um, if we need something, mm. you know, which is so valuable. Um, your network you know, is your net worth, right? That's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like even this podcast, yeah, you know, yeah. like we we met through doing a job with um with Copper Dog and yeah, Sasha yeah, yeah. and Joel and stuff, and yeah, and that was great. That was a it great was good joke. fun. Yeah, 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 it was really good fun. Yeah, and then I think also being like, and this is maybe a bit cheesy, but just being a decent person, I think, and approachable and nice and treating people as you'd want to mm. be treated. It's a cliche, isn't it? You hear it all the time. But, you know, if I was a dick or you, you were a dick, yeah. um, then we wouldn't be doing this now. No, no. You know, and it's happened so many times to me over the last, like, two or three years where because we get on, we just end up having a conversation or we end up doing a bit of yeah. business together. You know, I think that's really important too. Um, do you know what? Because um, so this year I'm, I've sort of gone off gone off social media. So I'm doing, like, a social media off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I am... Um, but just Instagram and Twitter, but yeah, I've I've just started LinkedIn. I've just started it. How um, you got any tips? <laughs> you got any tips? <laughs> Some LinkedIn tips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good question. Obviously, profile picture, banner image. Yeah, yeah. Get it, it looking to, good. It has to be like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I use it to connect with people that I want to speak to. Yeah. So, you know, we're fundraising now. Um, so investors, you know, I used it as my my. Investor. So did you find like angel investors on, on, yeah. and you sort of just like pitch your idea to them and yeah, exactly. oh, it's like, that's how you find people. Yeah. Okay. So like people are always surprised, like when I'm having investment conversations with investors, you know, when I, you know, I do the initial reach out on LinkedIn or maybe on their website, then I hear back from them, send them an email, lock in a call, you know, and then pitch. And, um, investors are often surprised that that's the approach I take. Are they like, well, do you not? Have you not, do you not know anyone? Like, is there no one that's helped you before? It's like, no, not really. Like, yeah, right, yeah. Because, and it, you know, it comes back, I think, to the th point about being committed and like working hard and you can kind of make it work. Mm. Um, so just reaching out to people on LinkedIn, connecting with people. You know, if you want to connect with someone at Apple or SoundCloud or wherever, like just search on LinkedIn. You'll find that person, send them a connection. Mm. They can reject it, of course, but yeah, yeah. most people accept it and you can send them a message. Yeah. What's um? Because obviously now, how long have you been uh, building Unheard for? Uh, since the end of twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, so just over two years. Yeah, yeah, over COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, how um, how just how how's that whole process been for you? Just like starting a starting a a startup basically, and like yeah. trying to make something out of nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how have you found it? Yeah. Um, I found it challenging, but um, equally rewarding. 
And um, I feel very fortunate. Again, we were saying before the podcast is that I feel very fortunate over the last two years to have built something mm. because I know a lot of people have struggled for the last few years because of COVID. Um, but it's been, there's now nine of us. We're based at Talyard in King's Cross. Sweet. We've got an office there. Um, we started just me in my bedroom in December 2019. Yeah, nine. That's sweet, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, we've just stuck to what we know, really. You know, we've just helped people where we can. We've offered a good service. If we haven't, you know, because sometimes the campaigns don't go well for an artist and we make mistakes. Yeah. And we're honest about that and transparent and like, okay, let's try and solve this, this you know, issue that we have. And I think like honesty and transparency is really important. And then also, you know, we're on a mission to, this sounds silly. I hope we can look back in five years time and go, oh, wow, we called that. Um, we're on a mission to make it universal, Sony, Warner and unheard. And unheard serves the independent artists, you know, like AWOL did until it sold to Sony or probably still does. But, um, and we want to empower the artists again and give them a better marketing solution than other solutions that are out there. Um, and help them, like truly yeah. help them. So that's that's what we're on a mission to do. And um, we've made some progress. And it's really hard to see what progress you've made because you're in it so much. That, yeah, yeah, that you tends know? to happen, yeah. So, so it's really hard. So I don't really know how we're doing, but I think we're doing okay. It sounds like um, you've got nine people, you know. It's, it's yeah. been like two, what, three years. Maybe. Yeah, so it's been good. Yeah, it's been um, But we've got a lot left to do, you know, a lot left to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're on a, a real mission and... Um, I can't wait to get this amazing round closed so I can go on holiday for a couple of weeks and chill yeah. and then crack on. Yeah, yeah. Has it been um, like very full on? Yeah, it's been really full on. It's been really full on for a, a good few years. But um, I think like this is what you've got to do. Mm. This is what you've got to do if you want to make a change. Yeah, nice, man. And um, I really want to make a change. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sweet. Maybe I'll come by the office. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great, Please, man. Please, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I work with lots of independent artists, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe I'll... Um, I'll get in touch with a couple. Yeah. Um, out of interest as well, if you don't mind saying. Like, so, how do you guys make your money? Do you so do you, if I'm guessing like an artist comes to you, says like they got a grant, and you take like ten percent for for your services, and you spent like nine hundred on the campaign, or yeah. yeah, it depends on what they want to do. So, for example, if they want to pitch to some playlists, then we would charge a fee to pitch to those playlists for that artist. And we'll find the playlist for the artist too. Um, if it's social media ads, you know, if we're like, okay, you need to run some Instagram ads to drive traffic to Spotify, for example, yeah, then we'll charge 20% of your spend. So if you spend 100 quid, we'll charge 20 quid. Um, press, we have Press 2, which we charge a fee for. Um, and then with the app, it's tiered. So we have a freemium tier. So any artist, to be honest with you, it's all freemium at the moment. So you get premium access for free. So download it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you have we have a freemium tier where any artist can log in and like, have a play around with the data and stuff. And, and you could log in now and plug in Drake or whoever. You just have a play around. Um, and then we charge you to pitch to the playlists um, and we charge you a small fee to run social media ads on the app too. Cool. Um, but and then we have a premium function which will be launched uh, probably mid this quarter. Um which will be twenty pounds a month subscription, um, which might sound a lot, but we actually want that to offset. So because you pay twenty pounds a month, that kicks into action our algorithms, which make data-driven recommendations to you mm. um, on how to promote your music. And um, because of these recommendations, we want you to actually have to spend twenty pounds less in the campaign, if that makes sense, because the recommendations are good, which offsets that twenty pounds subscription that you're paying. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so that's our goal sweet man yeah, sounds yeah. great sounds yeah. great and i think it, like it makes sense because like this yeah so many what do you say like a third of what i said uh like was it a third of all revenue comes from independent artists yeah, yeah streaming th- revenue yeah, yeah a third of all yeah yeah so yeah it makes sense and like to be honest there's, there's, there seems to be this like move of like more people wanting to do it because there's like you know i don't i don't want to be part of any like big institution or whatever i'd rather just do it my own way i don't like when other people call my shots yeah so and we talked about kanye and kanye is the biggest advocate of that really. yeah 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 yeah. Um, which is great for us as a business you know because he's flying that flag yeah yeah, um, yeah. and there are lots of artists flying that flag you know lots of amazing artists flying that independence flag yeah. Um, I remember Russ when uh, Russ is a good good example yeah. actually yeah because he was you know he's I mean he's an example of just like hard hard work and yeah. like and just doing it all of it in his own and like yeah. giving out some really good bits of advice for artists where they're just like how like the logistics side of things when people don't the stuff that don't people don't really think about yeah yeah Russ is great and you know I mean Central Sea is an interesting example too because Trap Star. A, a managing slash investing in mm. him so he's not signed to a label yet but he's had a lot of money pumped mm. into him from Trapstar, as far as i'm aware um and that's an interesting business model mm-hmm. you know i definitely think that and this is actually part of something that we're working on at the moment but um brands investing in artists you know i think will become a bigger thing because there is a return on your investment to be made. Oh yeah, big time. Especially as a brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Um, yeah. Because they're, they're the ones that move the culture. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you see like a, you know, if you see Centris, you're wearing a Trapstar hat, all of a sudden you want to wear a Trapstar hat. Yep. It's like, and he's got Trapstar tattooed on his Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's like the Trapstar king. Crazy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely see, you know, brands waking up to this and starting to invest in artists using them as a, a tool to reach new new audiences mm. um and uh and and supporting artistry yeah man yeah i think i hope uh, yeah 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 I mean, it's, it's a good way to be i think yeah yeah it's a good good move in the industry because and uh, like i mentioned before it's just like you know all of it like nfts and stuff where it's just like um, like people artists getting a real return on their investment rather yeah. than relying on some middleman all the time yeah it's true and, and that goes away from just music too i think because there are a lot of good photographers i know who are selling their artwork as an nft mm. you know and making some good money now yeah, which yeah. they've never seen in their life before <laughs> you know they've been trying to get thousand pound jobs from a brand or like shooting or doing a test shoot or whatever and now they're making like one ethereum or half an ethereum per thing they're selling you know two grand three grand it's good. It's decent money, and it's going straight into the artist's pocket. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really good to see. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Cool, man. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. And well, I'm sure we'll, at some point, maybe uh, look when when it's unheard, Sony and Universal, <laughs> when the big three unite, then I'll have you on again. We Thank you so about. much. I'd yeah. love to. Yeah, cool, man. All right. Thanks for the signing out. <laughs> Sweet man. <laughs>